We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter, at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com as well. I am Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, it is Friday, so it is good to be back for another Friday edition of the show. Yeah, it's Friday, as you said twice there. It that was great. <laughs> it's it's always great to be back, Kyle. Uh, this week probably wasn't as fun as most of the rest of the season, and I'm sure this this show uh, is going to be a little bit of work to regain some of that optimism and positivity, but uh, we do have a great matchup to preview this week. We do, but before we get into that game, uh, we really, I, I want to talk just a little bit more about this painful uh, game that we had last week. It's probably one of the most painful we've had to watch in a long time, and the reason I bring it up is because of how wrong I was about this game, and Aaron Rodgers talked about how this game was really humbling to experience, and maybe the Packers were really just listening to all the buzz around the team and how much uh, maybe they were feeling their own success just a little bit too much, and I was caught off guard just as much as the Packers. On paper, I thought this looked like an easy win for Green Bay. I thought the matchups really played in their favor. But this game just goes to show you why millions of people tune in to watch the NFL every single week. 
because anything can happen. And every NFL team is loaded with professional athletes who each have personal pride. And even the worst teams can show up on any given Sunday. And I think that's exactly what we saw this week. We saw a really overconfident team in the Green Bay Packers and a team in the Chargers that was playing with their backs against the wall and playing for their season. And so uh, hopefully this is a game that this locker room and this coaching staff can learn from. But man, this game was not a fun one to watch. And I don't know that anybody really saw it coming. Yeah. And you know, it's funny on last week's show, you pointed out just how big an advantage the Packers had in the trenches, yet the Chargers absolutely dominated them there. And it wasn't that you were wrong. Green Bay is absolutely more talented across both the lines, but the Chargers brought all the energy and effort in that game. That caused me to reflect a little bit, you know, and there's guys like J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald that are clearly more talented than many other players at their possession, but there are, are guys who have all the talent in the world and then don't succeed. So what makes Von Miller successful, but not somebody like a Vernon Golston or a Deion Jordan? Watt and Donald and Von Miller combine otherworldly athleticism with incredible effort, play in and play out. And so while a guy on the outside can take some plays off, like you, you would think about Randy Moss and still be very successful, it is almost impossible for players in the trenches to do the same. And clearly the Packers just weren't ready to play on Sunday. But sometimes teams just have a terrible performance. So instead of reviewing this this tape, I just couldn't <laughs> stomach to watch it again. And so I did a little bit of research. And, you know, if you go back, even in the last couple of years, the 2018 Patriots lost to the Titans by 24 points in the regular season. The 2017 Eagles lost to the Seahawks by 14, and that wasn't a particularly good Seattle team. So you can have a bad game and still win the Super Bowl. But certainly the things that were, you know, quote unquote, exposed on Sunday have to be addressed. And the team needs to give a much better performance on what is going to be a very cold day in Green Bay on Sunday. So maybe a little bit harder to uh, put forth the the effort uh in, in what is going to be a very frigid environment and uh, for some very important players, maybe the first time they've played in Lambeau in those elements. And my rule is I stop analyzing last week's game and move on to looking at next week's games by Wednesday morning. So we've had two days of time to get ready to preview this one. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, it is time to move on. We just had to get off that off our chest because we hadn't really gotten to debrief a little bit about what happened last week. But it is time to move on and talk about the upcoming opponent. And on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers come to Green Bay to take on the Packers. And we want to talk about some of the key matchups that we should be paying attention to in this one because these matchups are going to play a huge role in determining the winner in Sunday's contest. So let's start by looking at some matchups that the Packers offense will have to keep an eye on this week as they prepare for the Panthers defense. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, go a little bit different route this week. And usually, you know, we're, we're picking a physical matchup, right? Like a, a defensive end that's going against a, a specific tackle or a wide receiver against a corner. But I wanted to go with a little bit more of the mental side of the game and have Aaron Rodgers versus Luke Keekley. And I, that's because I love watching these pre-snap battles. Rodgers recognizes something in the defense. He changes the play and then Keekley audibles. And the frustrating thing from a fan point of view is that the play clock is going to be constantly running down. 
But from a pure football aspect, this is going to be about as good as it gets. The the one area where Rodgers has been a little bit vulnerable during his career with ball security has been the middle linebacker. You, you might remember the Brian Urlacher pick and almost six in the NFC Championship. Thank goodness Aaron got his tiptoe on that one. Yeah. If if he tries to get too many cheapies over the middle, he better watch out for number 59 lurking underneath because this is a pretty strong defensive group, especially against the pass. And if we see the Packers offense from the first eight weeks, I think they can keep them off balance enough to move the ball up and down the field. Dusty Eadley pointed out yesterday that the Panthers run defense is pretty bad this year, even though their defensive unit has been relatively strong overall. They're, they're, the run defense is like last in the league in uh, DVOA. So um, that could be exposed. And if they can get the running game moving, then, you know, obviously that's going to open up some of that play action passing game. Uh, the 49ers were able to exploit that. And that really seems to be what Matt LaFleur's um, strength is in this offense is, you know, creating that uh, balance and, and then ex- exploiting some of that play action. So they, they were able to do it against, the Cowboys' bevy of linebackers, and my hope is that they're going to be able to do that again against Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing to watch is we've seen that Aaron Rodgers, as he's kind of like putting this new offense into motion, we have seen a few more uh, delay of game calls, I think, probably than what's been normal uh, this season. So it'll be interesting with that battle between Keekley and Rodgers to see, like you said, that uh, play clock running down as we approach the snap and those kinds of things. But um, I wanted to talk about MVS and Devontae Adams versus Eric Reed, And I know that that's a really specific matchup, uh, especially it's kind of odd that I'd pick a safety and not a cornerback. Um, but because this defense, like you said, it's got its holes, but it's also been pretty dang good across the board. And I've really enjoyed rolling them out week after week as my fantasy defense. They've produced some big plays and those kind of things. Uh, really not any huge, huge holes to speak of. Their corners are solid. Their linebackers with Keekley and Shaq Thompson are great. Uh, their defensive line is pretty strong. And so uh, trying to find a real point of weakness is a little bit more challenging than I expected when I kind of looked at the roster. But the Panthers do have one player in particular that I think the Packers might look to exploit, and that's safety Eric Reed. Now, Trey Boston is the other safety uh, back there, and he's been really, really good. And many Packers fans wanted Boston to be a Packer this offseason, um, myself included, but no such luck in that. But he is making plays for Carolina. Uh, but Eric Reed has not been the same kind of impact player. In fact, Reed is currently graded as one of the worst coverage safeties in the league according to pro football focus and he's played almost every snap for the carolina defense and obviously the packers offense really struggled last week and mvs uh, has had some ups and downs the last couple weeks as far as his uh, consistency and playmaking but i think that this matchup between the packers deep threats and the Panthers' safeties will be really fun to watch, as I think guys like Adams, maybe as he kind of gets back to his norm, and MVS, maybe even guys like Lazard have an opportunity to get behind this Carolina secondary on Sunday and make some big plays. Yeah, and I think we were both hoping for more chances to get the running backs and tight ends in motion and lined up against the Chargers linebackers and safeties. 
that never quite came to fruition because the Packers seemingly never really had the ball and they couldn't keep anything going. But that's going to be a key to moving the ball against the Panthers, finding ways to get running backs, tight ends, and what I think your example is the best, wide receivers matched up against those safeties in order to be successful. And one one thing that I wanted to ask you, we, we didn't, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Trey Boston as a player that a lot of Packer fans um, really wish that, you know, Goot would have gone out and and got uh <laughs> good got but uh one other player is certainly going to be uh a, a point of contention should he have a big game and that is one mr brian burns so oh man yes that's kind of a big matchup even though i don't think we identified that as one of the keys for the panthers defense against the packers offense but if Brian Burns gets a sack or two, yeah, uh, going against the Packers tackles, I I can't imagine the gnashing of teeth that's going to occur on Twitter. Yes, I I totally forgot about that actually when I was putting this together. That that is something that will be very obvious to me on Sunday as a big Brian Burns fan, and I've come all the way around on the Rashawn Gary. I think he's got a lot of good football ahead of him, but man, Brian Burns has been tearing it up and leads the you know the list of those who are defensive rookie of the year candidates for sure so let's hope he takes a week off and uh just kind of gives us a little bit of a break but we'll, we'll see what happens on sunday but let's go ahead and look at the packers defense and what matchups they'll need to pay extra attention to this week as they prepare for the carolina offense that's a little bit different than maybe we thought it would be at the beginning of the year yeah, and I'm going to go with uh, Jair Alexander against DJ Moore. Moore has been outshined by Christian McCaffrey, but he, he's quietly having a really, really strong year. Moore and Curtis Samuel have to be able to be contained one-on-one so the defense can really focus on the underneath coverage of Greg Olson and McCaffrey and, and the rest of the Panthers' weapons. And Jair had a really bad week against Chargers. So I'd love to see him bounce back and really shut down more, gain a little bit of confidence back. And that would go a long ways towards allowing the rest of the defense to really hone in on McCaffrey and that underneath game. Yeah, absolutely. Jair needs that kind of confidence boosting game uh, to get back on track. And I feel like DJ Moore is a good matchup for him. So hopefully that is the case on Sunday just to get him back uh, to the dominant player that he can be. Uh, The Packers pass rush versus Kyle Allen, quarterback Kyle Allen, uh, that we'll be facing here on Sunday. Kyle Allen has been one of the craziest unexpected storylines of this 2019 season, I think. He, he did a lot of you know pre-draft process work with Jordan Palmer, Palmer alongside guys like Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, but he went undrafted, and no one really expected him to be playing a big role for this Panthers team this year. Uh, but here we are headed into this one, and much of his success has been really to the credit of Christian McCaffrey and the running game, no doubt there, but you can't help but be happy for a guy like Allen who's enjoying some some success with the Panthers uh, but Allen is still he's a really young player with a lot of NFL ahead of him but he's also lacking that experience right now and this Packers defense has been playing just a little bit flat these past couple weeks and uh, they've kind of backed off on how much pressure they're bringing to put more guys in the coverage but I think that this is the week that Mike Pettin needs to dial up the blitz versus Kyle Allen Obviously, this is only something that can really happen if they slow down that running game. But I think that this is the perfect game to get back to the aggressive Mike Pettin defense that we have known and love and see if we can get some turnovers off of a really young NFL quarterback this week. 
Obviously, Green Bay has Preston and Zadarius, but I'll be watching to see if the Packers can bring extra guys in some creative ways. Uh, one thing to pay a little bit of extra attention to is center Matt Paradis. Am I saying that right, Andrew? Is it Paradis? Yep. Yeah, Paradis yes. is... He's currently one of the worst pass-blocking centers in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. The only guy worse right now is Vikings rookie Garrett Bradbury. So I'd like to see the Packers' defense put extra strain on Paradis with guys like Martinez and Adrian Amos if he's able to come and play on Sunday. Uh, but bringing guys maybe through the middle just to strain that a little bit more and see if we can create some havoc there for Kyle Allen in this game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, not not to harp on last week any more than we have to, but right. there was basically no pressure on Phillip Rivers that entire game, which has to change. The Packers have to be able to pressure the quarterback from the middle in addition to the edges, um, which has been a major weakness really since, you know, week two or three. And that also means the coverage has to hold up long enough to get the pressure home. Giving up completions with sub two and a half second throw times is not really acceptable. And uh, you are not going to be successful on a consistent basis doing that. And what is crazy to me is that the Packers are also giving up you know, they're giving up those quick throws, but they're also giving up a ton of big plays. And those two things usually don't coincide with each other. You usually try to pick one or the other as a defense. Um, and I still think this team has a ton of talent and Mike Pettin's a really good coach, but they need to bounce back in a major way this week. Yeah, this is a big, big game and one that weighs even more heavily because of what happened last week. You hate to add in the past week to that factor, but there's no getting around the fact that this 5-3 and three football team is coming to town and they want to take a win away from this team. But we talked about these key matchups that we'll be watching this week. Uh, but our next segment here is about X-Factors. These are players that we might naturally overlook a little bit. Uh, but guys, we expect will have a big impact on the game. So, Andrew, uh, who is your X Factor this week? I'm so disappointed by this because I had identified who my X Factor was going to be before he was even on the active roster. And it was going to be my choice. And then all of a sudden I started seeing it pop up across Twitter in the last day, day and a half. And now I'm just really disappointed because it's not going to seem very original. But my only tweet during the entire game on Sunday was, I miss Raven Green. That was it. <laughs> and if the Packers want to duplicate the early season success of Raven Green, Ibrahim Campbell has the closest skill set you will find on this roster. So we are worried about Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson and all those drag routes by the small, quick receivers of the Panthers. So having a safety who can cover in the box solves quite a few of those issues. And the hope is that Ibrahim can hold up against the run as well as Raven Green did. Because the Chargers exposed Green Bay's light defense on Sunday. And the Panthers may just try to do the same thing. So whoever is the linebacker next to Blake needs to be versatile enough against both the run and the pass in order for this team to be successful. And if Ibrahim can be, um, you know three quarters as good as I hope uh, he can be. And and he looked pretty impressive towards the end of last season. Then I think they can have some success with him. Absolutely. And we keep calling for Oren Burks to be a guy that has a skill set to come onto the field and make an impact. Um, and I, I would love to see his, his speed and his uh, athleticism on the field on Sunday, but we just keep seeing not the snap count needed for that to happen. So maybe a guy like Campbell can come in and be that kind of a player. Just, 
just go ahead and give up on Oren Burks and Josh Jackson. I know. We're never going to see him. I feel like we bring I, I will up. be wrong about them every single week. <laughs> so just just forget they even exist as human beings, and then suddenly they'll make a play. That's when it'll happen. When we give up on them and we stop talking about it, that's when it'll happen. Um, but for me, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to talk about Kenny Clark. And I know that Kenny Clark bends the rules for this exercise because he's already such a stud player. He's hardly someone that you're going to overlook. But I I just got done talking about Matt Paradis and his struggles in pass protection. And I think it was earlier this season when the Packers played Minnesota that Clark was absolutely dominant against Garrett Bradbury. So I'm thinking that this might be another one of those games for Clark where he's just too much to handle. And if this ends up being the case, it will make a huge difference in this game as the Packers' ability to hold up in the trenches against the Panthers' running game is going to be absolutely vital. So I'm predicting, and I'm also hoping, for a massive game from Kenny Clark in this game on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, where whereas I, I think that Blake Martinez gets a lot more blame than he deserves because I think he's just really a solid football player. Um, and I think a, a lot of the vitriol aimed towards him is that, you know, he's a Packers inside linebacker that's wearing number 50. And I think there's still still some hurt feelings about yeah. AJ Hawk. And I, I think people have this expectation that that Blake needs to play more like Luke Keekley when that's really never been his pedigree. Nobody's ever had those expectations. He's just a really solid football player. And there's a lot of teams across this league that don't have a really solid inside linebacker. So he is what he is, but I I don't think you're going to end up breaking the bank for him at the end of the season versus Kenny Clark, who I think some of his shine has been tarnished a little bit as the season's gone on because he's been playing with two big injuries. Um, the, the Packers coaching staff has been talking about, well, Mike Pettin addressed this, I think, uh, Thursday that, you know, he's facing constant double teams. And so you combine two injuries, constant double teams, the play around him hasn't been very good, really, like Montrevious Adams hasn't taken a step forward. Um, I've been a little disappointed in what I've seen from Dean Lowry so far. And so, you know, that's that's a lot to put on Kenny Clark, uh, even though he is a great player. You can't always take on double teams and, and expect to be successful, especially when you're not 100%. So... Um, you know, I, I give him uh, a lot of credit for what he's doing and still expect there to be a big payday at the end of his road. So, Kyle, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, I think Nagler pointed out this week that um, that Kenny Clark, even in his struggles and even in his injuries, has performed at a pretty high level. And when he factor in all those things, he was still, I think, on Pro Football Focus's top 25 uh, impact players as a as a against the pass, basically disrupting the pass or whatever the article was. And that's pretty remarkable when you consider that this is a league that's just kind of figured out who he is. And like you said, he's facing those double teams, and it's just a pretty hard uh, job that he's facing so far this season. Has done a pretty remarkable job, all things considered, for sure. But I was going to ask you, and I don't want to like uh, just jump in here with random stuff. But if we don't pay Blake Martinez next year, I think the biggest thing is like the hardest dollar amount to assign to a player is what they bring from a leadership perspective and the way he kind of like quarterbacks that defense. What is that worth? And like what what other player on that defense do you think there is one that would take on that role next year? I don't think they have that person on their roster right now. I don't. I mean, they, they would if they let Blake walk, then you're talking about investing probably two draft picks. Um, 
in into that position because you know they're not going to be able to sign a, a major free agent next year. They're just not not, yeah. not with the cap situation that they're currently facing. Um, even with a little bit of money walking, you know you're going to have to address right tackle. So if that's bringing back Balaga, or if if that's you know redistributing that somewhere else, you you still aren't going to be able to bring in a major free agent until at least two years from now when this free agent class has some options um, and flexibility for, for that. So you'd have to address in the draft. And then, you know, are you going to rely on a rookie to wear the headset? Right, are, you, right. are you going to try to get real creative and have a safety, you know, communicate the plays? I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but um, I, I would expect knowing this Green Bay franchise that Blake Martinez is back and it's probably a little bit higher asking price than what I would probably think is fair market value. But mm-hmm. uh, that's because they're loyal and I think they see a little bit more in what Blake Martinez does than mm-hmm. the average fan. And maybe if they put someone next to him that has a little bit more of a complimentary skill set that they can rely on, he really hasn't had that. And he talked about that in some offseason interviews that he's kind of lacked that person and thought Warren Burks would be that player this year, and he just hasn't been. So it will be interesting, like you said, when that those dollars come out, uh, what they're going to pay him. But especially if this defense starts clicking on all, all cylinders at the end of the year, it would be kind of hard to see the Packers say, well, we want to go into next year and not have that continuity of that guy in the middle of the defense who knows it so well and just kind of start over with a rookie or whatever that be. So interesting to see what Blake Martinez is. I know there's been a lot of negative conversation around him on Twitter, but I do still think he's a good player, but a very valuable player to this uh, franchise as well. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's being forced to play a little bit out of position. I, I, I am adamant, and people can say Raven Green is unproven and you know hasn't really done anything in his career and you're you're making a lot out of a two-game stretch and they're right i am but what you saw in those that very limited window was raven green could do all of the things that blake martinez cannot Mm -hmm. and so that allowed blake to just be him It, it it freed him up to blitz it freed him up to key in on the run um and he was much better with that really athletic guy next to him. And so, you know, maybe Ibrahim Campbell is that guy. I don't know. He might just be a piece, but um, I, I think we, we undervalue what Blake Martinez brings. And um, it's easy to get frustrated when you see a performance, especially like Sunday where he was kind of brutal at times yeah. <laughs> and sort of forget all of the the good things that he, mm-hmm. he brings to the defense. I, so Yeah, very much think that we would definitely have a little bit of remorse if we move on from him um, and just based on the criticism that we've had of late and not appreciating all that he does for this defense for sure. Yeah. So um, I, we, there's not a ton of news going on this, this week at all. Uh, I, do you want to talk about Des Bryant a little bit? No. I don't. Okay. I don't cool. want to talk about this, right? Fun. Great podcast. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up. So, what do, what do you want to talk about? What One of the things that I find incredibly annoying about Packers Twitter is the uh, TJ Watt thing. And, and not, I mean, TJ Watt's a good player. Don't sure. get me wrong. But he he's like incredibly overrated, too. If, okay. if if that makes sense, you can be a really good player, but then people think he's like 
He's a Watt, though. Yeah, I get it. People don't realize J.J. Watt, for a three-year stretch, may have had the best three-year stretch of any defensive player in the history of the NFL. And people talk about T.J. Watt like he's J.J., and he's just not. T.J. Watt is kind of Clay Matthews light. Ooh. And and what what I mean by that is he's a really good pass rusher. He's solid against the run, but he often plays himself out of plays. And the thing that got really frustrating as Clay Matthews got older was he no longer could hold the edge. So he was always trying to win with speed and he was always trying to win um, around the tackle instead of setting up, going through them and then, you know, making his move. And it gave up a lot of big runs. It gave up a lot of big plays. And I just feel like the same exact thing can be said of Brian Burns. You're going to kill me here. I, was, what are we, <laughs> I, th- I thought I was on the same page with you, and then you dropped Brian yep. Burns. I'm like, yeah, what are you talking so about? That's, that's, that's where this point was. And this this is totally off the cuff today. Um, but I... I know what's going to happen on Sunday. Brian Burns is going to make one big play or two big plays, and and people are going to lose their mind because Rashawn Gary isn't producing yet. And the problem I have is Brian Burns does not fit this defense at all. And if you want to run a different defense and have small, quick, twitchy guys on the outside and you know load up three defense alignment across the front and let let that pure speed guy rush around the edge, that's fine. But that's not the defense that the Packers run. And Brian Burns isn't a fit. And I I also think he's highly over... He has four and a half sacks. Like, he's all right. He's all right. Right. The guy's like 210 pounds. <laughs> you, may as well, you may as well play Darnell Savage at edge. Oh, man. So, I, I, I agree with you in hindsight. Uh, coming out of the draft, though... Like, I think we talked and like the complimentary aspect of what Brian Burns would bring would be really nice in that he's a different kind of player. He's like a 10,000 times better Kyler Fackrell as like a, like come in and be a different kind of a pass rusher. But I mean, I, I'm with you that like, I don't think that this is the kind of player that Mike Patton wanted. And I think if it was, it's probably, you know, there's a chance that maybe that's the draft pick that they make, but I think that they're very happy with the player they got. And I think Packers fans have to be patient and wait for Rashawn Gary to become the player that everybody thinks that he can be. And that we've really seen some, some nice flashes from of what he, what he is and the difference he's made in the run game has been great. So uh, circling back a little bit to the TJ Watt comment, I think what's so interesting as this continues to pop up is the fact that if the Packers had drafted TJ Watt, we would very, very likely not have Zadarius or Preston Smith. Maybe they would have the other guy, maybe, maybe one of them, uh, but very likely not. And so, I mean, it's just a very interesting, um, you know, hindsight is 2020. I'm still not sure that we know for sure that TJ is a better player than Kevin King and this whole thing. Uh, but I mean, you've got to take the whole story into consideration when you realize, you know, if you pick TJ Watt, you don't have Zadarius and Preston, and this is a very different defense right now. So uh, let's look at the whole story. Let's be thankful for what we have, and uh, you know, it's 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 a good conversation. But we'll just uh, the, we'll just keep harping on Watt as long as we can, I guess. And besides filling time, my actual point, and I didn't do a good job of connecting the two there, is that <laughs> I don't want the whole TJ Watt. Kevin King linkage for all of eternity 
to also turn into the Brian Burns versus Rashawn Gary. Oh, and I know okay. that I know that in fans' minds, they're linked because everybody wanted Brian Burns. But I'm just saying, like, let's pump the brakes. Even if Brian Burns has a good game and Rashawn Gary doesn't, you know, register a, a single stat on Sunday, it's all right. Like, he makes impacts in other parts of the game, too. And he still has time to develop. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. That's my only point. And he puts cheese on everything. So And he puts cheese on everything. He seems like a cool dude. He seems like a Brian, cool dude. Brian, Brian Burns, meanwhile, like you compared to Mikhailer Fackrell, so it makes me think he's not a very cool <laughs> That's the best way to close out this show, I think, is you referencing Kyler Fackrell in some semi-negative way. <laughs> By the way, is having quietly a really nice season. But I didn't say that, and I don't mean it, but I do kind of. <laughs> Anyways, that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Murtig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode is going to be uh, giving us an update on the injury report for Sunday's game. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We're going to be back next week for another show as we will be taking advantage of the bye week to review how the 2019 draft class including Mr. Rashawn Gary, and free agent acquisitions have performed so far. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.